Welcome back to another episode of the Epic as Fuck podcast with Alexa Aram, where I have chats and banters with the world's movers, shakers, rule breakers, and makers doing, being, and overcoming things that are epic as fuck. Before I dive into this episode, I want to talk more about what the Epic as Fuck podcast means and who it's for. So I said this before, an epic as fuck is a capacity that lies within each and every one of us, each and every human being. If only we have the balls to dive deep into ourselves, our lives, to identify our gifts and optimize our human experience for greatness. So what the fuck does that mean? It means I created this podcast for people who have been like myself in the past, they know they are epic, they know they're destined for greatness, there's been ways in their life they've already expressed this greatness, but they're very, at the same time, they're still very lost and confused, and there's just something that feels like it's missing, there's something you feel like you can't figure out, you may be, you know, experiencing difficulties and hard times that could be exacerbated and caused by you not being able to overcome your own bullshit habits and, um, you know, attitudes and ways of being that are holding you back. So this podcast was designed and created for all the humans out there that are already epic as fuck and that need to peel back the layers and unlearn to discover the true nature of who they are and let that epic as fuckness flourish. And I'm going to be presenting this material and allowing you to become more epic as fuck by helping you discover your true nature, helping you undo the bullshit, right? So I'm going to do an episode probably in the next one on my, like my path and how I even arrived at this point. But let's get into this episode. So this episode is an interview with a really good friend of mine. Her name is Haley Warner and she owns a counseling service called Healing Haley. She's an Ayurvedic counselor. Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga and it is an incredible tool and lifestyle way of healing and getting in touch with more of who you are as a person and your unique elemental makeup. The thing about Western medicine is that it's one size fits all. And what's great about Ayurveda is it's one size fits you as a person. There's no one size fits all. So all of us are different. All of us are unique. We all need different things to heal and feel whole and to optimize. Because at the end of the day, all we fucking want is to be able to be successful and have honestly what we all, all humans want have the energy to do the things that they want to do and have the achievements they want to achieve and then to get rid of all the bullshit that stands in their way. And Ayurveda is very helpful in this, that it helps you heal from the inside out, understand yourself on a deeper level, and thus flourish. And it is really, I I did a whole year with Haley. She was my Ayurveda counselor for a whole year. When I started Ayurveda with her, I had just gotten out of the hospital, out of the mental ward, or mental psych ward, because I had a nervous breakdown. I got into a depression, anxiety, couldn't get out of it, and I had to go into the hospital. Ayurveda really helped me understand myself on a deeper level, heal a lot of shit that was really hurting me, 
and it's something that's incorporated into my daily lifestyle, but it's really easy. It's really, really easy to understand. It's really easy to integrate. It's a slow burn, but if you integrate it over time, your life will change for the better. It'll help you understand yourself on a deeper level. You'll true your your true nature and is just an epic as fuck tool. So without further ado, check this episode out with Haley. Uh, it was my first time recording, actually second time recording a uh, podcast interview using Zoom. So apologies if the sound quality isn't as spectacular, but the information is fucking powerful, relevant, and I hope you take it and run with it. So, all right, let's go. Let's get it done. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Epic as Fuck podcast, where we have chats and banters with the world's movers, shakers, rule breakers, and makers doing, being, and overcoming things that are epic as fuck. And on today's episode, I have a really good friend, Haley, with me. Haley, (laughs) more known as Healing Haley. Even my boyfriend calls her, wait, so you're on the phone with Healing Haley? I'm like, yes, I'm on the phone with Healing Haley. (laughs) That's hilarious. Welcome, Haley. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. So Haley is, like I said, a friend. I've known her for many years through her partner, and she's also an Ayurvedic counselor, which is the main reason why we're here today. So we're going to go through all about Ayurveda, what it is, who it benefits, how it can help you as a listener, my transformation through Ayurveda, Haley's transformation through Ayurveda. So we're just going to dive in. So Awesome. All right, Haley. So give us a brief history of Ayurveda. Like what is it like for the average person to understand? Okay, cool. So Ayurveda is the sister science to yoga. I feel like a lot more people are familiar with yoga. Most people might know that yoga is one of many pillars. Um, And so Ayurveda is a few of those other pillars. So basically Ayurveda was India's primary healthcare system for many, many years before colonization. And it actually encompasses everything that we have in our Western system. So ear, nose and throat, surgery, preventative care, prenatal care, pediatrics, like it it has all of that embedded in it. But in the 21st century perspective, and what I offer mostly is preventative care and proactive care is what I like to call it. So it takes a look at your food, your lifestyle, all of your five senses, your stress reduction techniques, and it creates a individualized plan for you um, that works with every season. So it's really adaptable and it also adapts to each stage of life. Um, it, It does that based off of the five elements. So every person has a unique combination of elements and every season has a unique combination of elements and every time of day has a unique combination of elements. And so basically Ayurveda uses that as its science and as its formula to figure out what are the best protocols for everything. All right. So, okay. So you said it encompasses everything that Western medicine encompasses? Like, how do you mean? Like, it covers everything that... Because I feel like there's a lot Western medicine doesn't actually cover that Ayurveda does, you know? Yeah. As I was saying that, I was like, preventative care. And then I was like, wait, Western medicine doesn't cover preventative care. But what I mean by that is 
Um, a lot of people, I think, look at these Eastern medical practices and they're like, oh, but it's not going to get me where I need to be because I need X, Y, and Z because I go to this specialist. And it's just to say that Ayurveda has protocols and has information about all of those different places where you might feel like Eastern medicine has like a limitation, if that makes sense. It's just to it say does. Ayurveda doesn't have a limitation and it's been covering all of these specialties for a really long time. And it's just about knowing how to like dive into that specific area. Yeah. And what's cool about Ayurveda and that I think that we've talked about and that has helped me is there were things about Ayurveda that could, it was a, it could, we address things like, you know, from yeast infections to mental health, right? Mm -hmm. But there were times when Ayurveda wasn't strong enough to just give the extra kick that the thing needed. So using Ayurveda in tandem with like your Western stuff is people can do that too, right? And it can work together. Absolutely. They work together really well. And so because Ayurveda has information about all of these specialties, it can work with your Western medicine diagnosis or your actual like pill or thing that you need because, um, yeah, it's just not contraindicative or it's not a contraindicator for Western medicine um, protocols that you might already be following. What's a contraindicator for people? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I idea what that is. <laughs> so I use that word because um, sometimes when you let go on a new medication, like a pharmacy medication, they're like, oh, we don't know about echinacea, elderberry, ashwagandha. Like it might be a contraindicator in that it might um, blend poorly with the medicine that you're taking. Um, but if you go to an Ayurvedic specialist, after you go to like your OBGYN, I can be like, oh yes, like these three pills or like these three herbs aren't going to work well with that medicine you're on, but like these three other ones are going to be just fine. Um, so I'll be able to like give you that information to give you the best support for whatever medicine you're already on. Mm-hmm. I'm never okay. going to be like, stop taking your medicine. I'm going to be like, oh, these can help with that. <laughs> right. Like when I came to Haley, I was, um, I was on a lot of different, just like random supplements and I was on an anti-anxiety, I think like an anti-anxiety. I had just been like diagnosed with borderline, which I don't like live and die by that diagnosis. But for like some context here of how extreme it was, I had depression. I was anxious, like really bad anxiety and the borderline stuff. I was on all these supplements and antidepressants and I'm actually on nothing now. So I did a whole I did a whole year with Haley. I'm on yeah. I'm I'm not even on supplements. I'm like I don't need it right now. But um so that's I guess an example of like cuz you were I was taking Trifala, I think. So you yeah. were things that were okay and could work with and supplement or help the western medicine. Yeah. And like um, it wasn't western like you medication. cold turkey stopped any of those medications either. It was like you started doing, I'll always start people with food routine and lifestyle because those are going to be much stronger supports than any like herb in my opinion. And so you start with those and you keep with whatever medicines you're on. And then eventually at your own discretion and working with your Western doctors, you can start to lower the dosage and kind of wean your way off now that you have this like supportive routine and lifestyle. And then Mm -hmm. if you feel like you need something extra, but you don't want to go back to the Western medicine, you can start with some herbal supplements. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, Lex knows this from the way that I practice. I'm never going to give you like a million supplements. <laughs> I think when we started, you were going to a kinesiologist who had you on like five different pills. Oh, and I, was, I like, forgot about him. Let's just oh. like stop all of those and like that go one by one to see what actually works with you well. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to back up so people can get some insight into you. So yeah, you're a yoga teacher, trauma-informed yoga teacher. You went to school for art or dance. Mm-hmm. What, how, what was your journey to and through Ayurveda? You've been practicing it for like, what, two years or so? A year and a half? I've been practicing it since like 2014, but I haven't okay. been a counselor. Right. Um, since, well, I started being a counselor in like 2018. Okay. What's your journey with it? Like, how did you even come across it? And why did you decide to dive into this as like your life's work? Yeah, totally. So I um, grew up like near Lancaster in like the country country, and it was a lovely upbringing. (laughs) And then I came to Philly for um, dance and I went to University of the Arts. And that transition from the country to the city was really harsh for me. And I actually experienced a lot of like depressive, um, experiences, I'll say. (laughs) Um, And during that time, um, I started my first yoga teacher training. And so in that yoga teacher training, we had like two days on Ayurveda. It was really, really brief. Um, But we did kind of your classic, like, figure out what your dosha is through this like checklist test. And then like, here, try some of these protocols. And I did that. So what ended up happening was I like, you know, through the questionnaire tested as a vata imbalance, which is pretty common in the city and with major changes. And then I started to just eat more sweet potatoes because it's a grounding food. I was eating a lot of salads and I just was like, oh, let me try this like simple thing. And I had almost immediate relief from those depressive symptoms. Um, And so I was like, oh, wow, like there's something really here that's really important. Um, And so I just kind of kept tabs on it. Um, and I went through school, I graduated, I did two other teacher trainings. Um, but I was always more interested in working with people one-on-one and going deeper. So I didn't have a lot of private yoga clients and yoga in general. I did kind of the, um, public class circuit where you have to market yourself a lot and that didn't feel super authentic. And then I did kind of the private circuit, which felt a little better because it took some of that ease off, but I always felt like I was in this role where I was someone's like fitness advisor or spiritual advisor. And I like hadn't signed up for any of those positions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I started to look more deeply into like, okay, I want to build a business. I want to be the visionary of my own life. I don't want to work for other people. And I know yoga isn't it. So like, let me look into Ayurveda. Um, And I was really, really picky about who I wanted to learn from because going through a lot of different trainings already for yoga and for some other things. Um, there's some teachers that like really excite me and there's some teachers that I can like read as like a little bit fake. Um, and so I was pretty wary about like where I was going to spend more money and invest time into learning from. And so eventually I found um, Dr. Nina at Ayurveda's world in lower Manhattan. And this was a you know, 70-year-old woman who worked at the Ayurvedic hospital in Bombay for 40 years, then came to the States to like teach this to people. And the classroom was in the kitchen, was in the yoga space. It was all together. Um, and the team that she has around her are really strong, just awesome people. 
And I was like, yeah, sign me up. This sounds great. <laughs> sounds like so I did. Boss. Yeah, it was amazing because the, um, it was the first time I had experienced like I get circular learning or feminine learning. I know you just mm-hmm. had an awesome podcast with Michelle about women's circles. This wasn't all women, but it was very feminine and how it was taught. Um, and it was amazing. It was a great way of like learning and integrating at the same time. And so I started to like dive really deep, use a lot of these practices for myself, see myself and my life kind of transform into something that felt like not easy, but filled with ease, if that's possible. Yes. Because I work a lot of different jobs and being able to balance that through these routines and these practices was like a game changer. Um, And then I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. And so I called on Lex <laughs> to like help me set up the biz <laughs> side of everything. <laughs> oh yeah. I helped Haley with her like initial design and website and then just like basic planning and like yeah. the ground floor stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting it off the ground, which was great. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my journey into it was kind of through art, through living in the city and then um, finding like a feminine way of learning this practice. So you mentioned when you moved to the city that you, you, you found out you had a vata imbalance. So talk about, give us a dosha overview and then mm-hmm. maybe some challenges associated with each. Yeah, sure. And what is a dosha? Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> yeah. So like I mentioned, in Ayurveda looks at everything through the five elements. Um, so earth, wind, fire, water, air, space, very basic. And so every season, every human, every activity has a combination of these elements. And so if you just look up Ayurveda and you take a little test, it's going to talk about the doshas. So the doshas are um, combinations of these elements. So we'll start with um, we'll start with vata since I mentioned it. So vata is air and space element. Um, it looks like dancing, singing, movement, chaos. Um, it can manifest in some dis-ease in terms of like maybe nervousness or depression or mental anxieties. It can look like brittle bones, brittle hair, brittle nails. Um, body types of vatas tend to be like pretty petite, pretty fragile, um, and like foods of vatas are things that have air and space in them. So a really easy way to think about it is just like, does it crunch? Okay, it's probably got some space. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's vata. So if you're so something, oops, yeah, sorry. go ahead. So something that would crunch would be something that would inflame the vata, right? Like it wouldn't be necessarily good for it. You want to usually yeah. do the opposite, right? Like if you have exactly. a vata imbalance, you do like you ate the sweet potatoes, which no crunch, mushy soft exactly heavy yeah okay yeah yeah so those are all things that have vata so if you're experiencing some type of like mental anxiety stress depression you would want to stay away from things that are going to increase your vata um so basically like increases like and the opposite decreases the other those are that's like a kind of a basic principle of ayurveda so since i was moving to the city everything was fast paced it was chaotic my schedule was a little crazy i was already eating lots of things that crunch i had a lot of air and space in my life and so i very simply just needed to find a little bit more earth elements so like warm mushy kind of viscous sticky mm. that kind of uh substance was what was going to be helpful for me 
So like putting my feet actually on ground, like dirt ground, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. eating foods that are going to be like mushy and warm, allowing myself to maybe like sleep in a little bit and, and have that like cozy blanket. Those types of things were going to be really helpful to balance the vata imbalance. Okay. Um, and so those things are associated with kapha. So kapha, there's three doshas. We did vata. We're going to go to kapha. Kapha's elements are earth and water. So if you put water and earth together, it's going to make mud. So that's exactly mm. what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so body types of that might be a little bit rounder, a little bit plushy. Um, you might feel a lack of motivation, sluggishness. If you've got like extra oily skin in the moment, if you're sweating a lot, um, what else? Things like diabetes or high blood pressure often associated with kapha. Um, and activities like kapha activities would be like gardening. Um, a lot of times if I have clients with vata imbalances, I'll tell them to do some calisthenics, which is just literally using your own body weight or using weights to make you feel more grounded. So calisthenics, slow, sustained movement are all going to be kapha inducing. Um, so I, I have, yeah. so as we've figured out, I still don't, I, I flip flop back and forth. Cause I know you had originally wrote Vata Pitta on mine. Vata mm-hmm. Pitta, Vata Pitta. Yeah. Cause you had and a crazy like, Vata imbalance. <laughs> but then you changed it and it was mm-hmm. like, I think you're pizza. And I, I think I'm pizza. I think I'm Vata Pitta. I think I'm very equally both, but yeah. like, I think it's important for like, would you agree for people not to get too wrapped up in their, like, ex- their, like, if they take a test and they're Vata and like, don't get too wrapped up in like what your title is just like yes. kind of figure out how to flow with it. Cause okay. Exactly. Cause like, honestly, I can feel imbalances in all three equally, like at the mm-hmm. same time. And sometimes like, you have three imbalances at once and that's okay. And it's funny for the Vata Pitta Pitta Vata, when my teacher, we like at the end of the program, when we were getting really into the dosha types, she was like, they're so similar. It doesn't really matter. What matters is knowing how to balance your imbalance. So knowing your dosha is helpful in that because you can kind of figure out what home base looks like. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not the end all be all because really you're going to be in a constant flux of balancing whatever feels out of balance. And you can be vata pitta with a kapha imbalance. You can be kapha pitta with a vata imbalance. Like it doesn't mean that those things can't exist. Um, It's just knowing like, what is, what is my home base? What feels good for me? And how do I navigate that? How do I get back there? Yeah. Um, and, and when you work with someone, say they work with you, like the imbalance they have at the beginning of 2020, they're going to maybe be in a completely different, you're always changing. So you're going to be in a completely different place in 2021. You might have a kapha imbalance. You're like, I've never really had that before, but yeah. the season I'm in of my life, I'm in this imbalance and that's what I need to work on. Exactly. And that's why in my program, it's a full year, but halfway through we do like a, a deep check-in to feel mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what you were experiencing when we started. seems like these things have transitioned. How are you feeling? What are the things you need to balance now? And we kind of reset halfway through the year um, so that we're adapting and changing to like what you're actually experiencing in the moment. Right. Um, So just to give a little insight with the kapha imbalance, we talked about kapha, but ways to balance that are going to be things that are more stimulating. So like getting up on the first alarm, not hitting snooze, doing some like cardio, doing Um, some artistic endeavor to get your mind kind of stimulated and moving. 
eating foods that have a little bit more fire in them. So like oranges, acidic fruits, maybe popping up a little bit of cayenne into your meal, like some bell peppers, things like that. Um, things that are just going to help kind of kindle your fire a little bit right. um, to dry out some of that mud that you've created. <laughs> right, right. Makes um, sense. Yeah. And it flows into the third dosha really easily. So the last dosha, which is, I mean, honestly, probably the most common in like humans is pitta. A lot of people are some variation of pitta, like pitta vata or pitta kapha, or they're just flat out pitta. <laughs> um, yeah. And so this is fire and water. Um, so pitta is that fire. So it's stimulated. It's like go-getting. It can be a little angry. It can be a little stubborn. <laughs> like it's the you know the entrepreneur that's like running and moving and going and going. It's also the CEO that's like climbing the ladder. Um, and I feel like because we live in a capitalist world, it kind of like pokes at pizza a lot because it's, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. maybe the thing that like is uplifted as you grow up is like that go-getting mentality and that competitiveness. Um, whereas it's my whole upbringing. Exactly. <laughs> whereas something like, something like kapha, people don't understand that kapha is actually like the most stable constitution it's a really good thing to have and it's very compassionate and overflowing and like large and generous but we look at kapha and we're like "Ooh, overweight diabetes mud like that's gross and it's like no boring actually, that's beautiful yeah. <laughs> whereas, just labels exactly whereas pitta um is uh, it's associated with our like skin, our hormones. If you've got lots of acne, that might be something. If you have acid reflux, if you've got hypertension, um, all of these are pitta related concerns. And foods associated with pitta are exactly what I mentioned as the way to balance kapha, which are like acidic fruits, stem vegetables, actually, um, things that have a lot of heat in them already. So those kind of spices. Um, vinegar, uh, pickles, things mm. like that. Yeah. Those are all very pitta foods. And so the way to balance pitta is again, <laughs> kind of going back to kapha <laughs> and yeah. using things that, and also things that are helpful for vata too, which are kind of florals. Like I know I told Lex to use like rose water, rose mm -hmm. spray, floral mm -hmm. teas, things that are just going to be very subdued and calming. I think of like you know, what you would decorate a nursery with <laughs> like, are things that are going to calm pitta a lot. Would you say, because I'm thinking about it, that your primary dosha, you tend to like the foods that set it off the most? Like if you look at yeah. your, like I fucking love pickles. Like I love pickles. Very common. I, love vinegar, <laughs> I love spraying like french fries with vinegar. Like, yeah. So it makes it like, look at your, what you're already doing and what you can look at your life and look at what you eat and be like, I'm definitely kapha. I'm definitely pitta. Like, because yeah. now when we're talking about it again, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely pita, vata for sure, because of the yeah. and in the head stuff. But the thing that makes me most restless is that go-getting nature that is very difficult to turn off. Like, right, yeah, right. Reminder. Yeah, it's it's funny because the things that we like the most often go with our dosha, but then sometimes it's the things that you crave the most that are the things that are going to bring you into balance, but you don't mm. let yourself have it. So for a lot of people, I mean, we've had so many years of marketing towards the vata body type, you know, very skinny, you know, only eat salads, don't eat meat, don't eat these things, try to, you know, fast a lot. 
And if you're already like a little bit vata imbalance or have that dosha type, it's mm. just going to send you off, you know? And then yeah. the thing you're craving, which might be meat, which might be chocolate, which might be potatoes or bread. You're like, oh, I can't have that. And I'm like, well, well, let's see here. Like, why? You know, <laughs> like what does your body need? Not your, what, what is your, your body needs. It's going to crave and you should give yourself that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally not... telling you to balance yourself. <laughs> so true. Like you have to listen to your, like your soul and what it's telling you, like it needs. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have so many, I can't eat that. And then you create, there's dogma around like being vegan while well, I'm vegan. So I, yeah, my soul really wants a piece of steak, but I can't. And like, honestly, I came out of cause I'm vegan mostly, but I was mm -hmm. in that place too. Where I'm like, my body really, really wants a steak, like really just wants to eat steak. And then I got to the point where I would just let it have what it needed and I would feel better. So it's like, allow, right. yeah, allowing yourself the thing it actually needs, but we've been so conditioned mm -hmm. that health and that, like health, being healthy and fit look a certain way. But what's cool about Ayurveda is it te teaches you what's actually specific for your body, not what's the masses, what's good for the masses is good for yeah, you too. Exactly. So much of what I teach is just kind of that deconditioning so that you learn how to listen to yourself. Because in the 21st century, we also have like addictions to sugar and to different things that might be informing your cravings, but it's learning how to listen to all the cravings and figure out like what are the ones that my body really needs and what are the ones that are a little bit more like they're going to feel more like vata they're going to feel more manic and anxious and that's not really a craving that's like an addictive tendency mm -hmm. um so it's learning how to really get into that messiness and like sort it out <laughs> mm. um and yeah decondition like figure out how do i listen to myself and how do i not listen to all these things that i've been told which might feel like yourself at this point, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like this morning I had, like, I have such a story around gluten now. And like a lot of it's true. Like I do feel more sluggish. I do get pain in my abdomen. Mm -hmm. Like when I try to process it, but this morning, like I, I love bagels. Like I just always have. And I went through a period of time where I just stopped eating them. But this morning I had a bagel and I just like, almost like I had this belief in my head that because there was gluten, I was going to feel like shit, mm -hmm. but I actually really, 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 really wanted it. But I'm like eating what I really wanted with like this layer of guilt. And it's like, it makes oh, it's so the much whole worse. process so much worse. Your stomach's going to hurt if you're eating with guilt. You're That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually didn't manifest any like pain, but I was like tired. So I blamed it on that, but I don't know. But like gluten will make you tired. Gluten is a kapha thing. Kapha is heavy and it might make you a little tired, but like, what do you have to do today? Can you work with that tiredness? You know, like it might be okay to be a little tired. <laughs> Hashtag pita because I'm like, fuck, I'm tired. I just yeah. want to feel good for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, it's all learning so how to work with it in balance basically. It's like, and also like accepting that I think a lot of the times as a human, you're going to be imbalanced and you're mm -hmm. not perfect because you are a human and you live in this crazy world. And like, that's yeah. something that's really, really, really hard for me to accept still. I'm 29. I'm like, I just want to feel better. I always am trying to feel better, trying to feel yeah. better, trying to feel better. It's like, when am I going to just accept that I feel the way I feel kind of? Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because my friend Malachi helped me through a lot of that because I was uh, not so much in like the physical world, but in kind of like the spiritual or the anti-racism work I do. It's like, I am also, I'm Pitta Kapha, And so I want to like check off those boxes. 
Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. you can't check off the boxes of like life lessons because they're going to continue to teach you new ways around it. Yeah. And um, they were like, you know, don't look at it as like work and you need to do more and more work and work and work around it. It's just learning and it's just rolling with it. Um, and, you know, if there's another way that you can frame it, it's going to feel a lot easier. But if you continually frame it as like, this is work I need to finish you're going to feel so dissatisfied because that's not going to happen. Like (laughs) you're never going to finish the work of life and the work of being healthy because health is relative to your age, the season, the things that are going on in the world. And so you're constantly going to be adapting, but it's just like adapting and learning, not like adapting to try to fix in balance, you know, because it's like, you can't fix it. You just got to like learn how to identify what it is. And then that informs how you eat that day or that informs what you do that day. Yeah. It sometimes just feels like a lot of work, right? Like, yeah. But then it just feels like an overload of work, (laughs) but it's not work. (laughs) No, you're, it's all the mindset. So I want to back up because this leads into this. So we were talking about like the mass consciousness around health and like what we've been fed and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So like what makes Ayurveda different than the typical diet and exercise routines? Like this is, this is diet, this is exercise, but it's also the, um, what the color, the um, five senses healing, five senses healing. So yeah. What makes it different than your typical diet and, and and yeah. So your typical diet or exercise routine, I feel like they're often marketed to a mass group of people. So Mm -hmm. like vegetarianism, they're like, oh, this is good for everybody. This is the way we need to live. This is it. And that's kind of all you get from it. Or like Weight Watchers, they're like, we're going to do it based on numbers and your Mm number is going to change. And then you work with that number. But we also have these like pre-packaged foods that you eat to keep within that number. Um, And it just, it doesn't have an individual view. And beyond that, some of them do, they'll like work with you as an individual, but it doesn't have a seasonal view. And so Ayurveda is all about balancing for exactly where you're at in that moment. And so, you know, a good example is um, for your kids, right? You pack them PB&J or like a ham and cheese sandwich every day of the year. They're going to get sick a few times a year because they have the same foods every single day. And our body doesn't work like that. We need to adjust and move with the season, move with our energy, move with what we're feeling. And so Ayurveda is different because, at least for me and the way that I teach it, it's about teaching you how to balance for yourself. So you work with me for a year and maybe like once a season after that, but I don't want you to work with me for the rest of your life because I want you to learn how to do it yourself. And Mm. so in a lot of like diet and routine fads, there's always something that's like bad, right? So like for veganism and vegetarianism, like meat is bad for um, like a cardio type thing. They're like, oh, you shouldn't be um, resting. Like you shouldn't be like doing Shavasana, which is like in yoga when you lay and you meditate. They're like, you need to be doing cardio. Or for weightlifting, they're like, oh, you can't do cardio because it's going to build your muscles in a different way. Mm. But in Ayurveda, it's like actually everything is good and everything is poison. Like all Mm. of it is both. And so you just need to learn which ones to pick and choose at different times. So like there's going to be some times where you need to eat steak and do cardio. And there's going to be other times where you need to eat leafy greens and do calisthenics. 
but like it's adaptable. All of it is good and all of it is bad. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Buddhist in that way. It just is what it is and you learn how to work with, with what, what is there so that you can feel good. Yep. Like um, in one moment, like David, my partner, like he's more kapha and I'm more pizza. So, you know, I actually, once I started learning about all the food side of it, I do like Cholula hot sauce. And like, when I'm really angry, I don't, I now know, like, I'm not going to eat hot sauce today because it's just going to make me more mad, make me more angry, make me more, more hot headed. Whereas David, it could invigorate him and like mm-hmm. wake him up. It's like, I've, I, it's so, it's so much conditioning to undo because even me going through a whole year with you and like actually kind of having, I have incorporated Ayurveda Ayurveda into my lifestyle. I still see the conditioning with like Mm -hmm. the comparison and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What can be good for somebody can look really different for another person. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge part of Ayurveda is allowing for all of it. Yeah. (laughs) And being able to see all of it as inherently just it and not good or bad, you know, it's going to depend. Yeah. So on that note, like who is Ayurveda for? Is it for everyone? Like who benefits the most? Like who would you recommend it for? I mean, I would love to say that Ayurveda is for everybody um, because it can be, but to really feel benefit from Ayurveda, you have to be committed to shifting your lifestyle small bits at a time. Like it's not with me anyway, the way I teach it, it's not a huge overhaul where all of a sudden you look totally different in terms of like how you live your life, but you have to be committed to like the tiny steps and changes that will take over time. And so it is for a person who's like ready for that shift and like open-minded enough to accept it. And also willing to do that really hard work of deconditioning that's, that's hard stuff, you know, (laughs) like, so you have to be prepared for that. You have to be ready at least to like work through it or like shift your mindset around it. And so, yeah, it's for the person who's like ready to change. Who's sick and tired of the quick fixes not working and who's ready to put the energy and the time and have the patience with themselves because yeah, it's not a quick fix. No. And if you go into it, like, yeah, like with that mindset of it's not going to work. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I don't even offer like three months with people because it won't work. It's six months or a full year meeting every two weeks and doing tiny, tiny adjustments all the way along so that you're not like putting on a new lifestyle. You're actually just embedding what you already have with something better. It's like infusing it slowly and slowly and slowly until it looks different. And it's six months later and you're like, oh my God, I'm doing things totally differently. I had no idea. (laughs) It's almost like if you allow it to be easier than the quick fixes, it can be because it's a, like how sick are people of quick fixes not working Mm -hmm. and being a letdown and costing them so much money, you know? And it's like, you're Mm -hmm. still actually putting an effort for the quick fix because you're constantly chasing, you're constantly thinking about it. So you might as well like take another approach and be a little bit more patient. Just, you know, like go yeah. through the process. Like if you're willing to do that, it's really, it, that's why when I ask that question, like, I know it's not for everyone. Like you really have to be in a certain mental place. Like, yeah. 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 And I, and that's something that I can't do for you. Like yeah. I can give you all the tools and I can like help you and guide you along. But in the end, like you have to be willing to make those changes. Yeah. Exactly. And then paradoxically, I do have a question about quick tips because 
whatever. Why not? (laughs) We're at like, so I know as you like the seasons change, there's like certain regiments you could do to like kind of scrub out the remnants of that season inside your body. Cause again, like, Mm -hmm. right. Um, our bodies are one with nature and we're trying, our goal here is to sync with the seasons of the Mm -hmm. day of the months of the year. So now that we're in spring, I assume like you have to shake excess kapha right out of your system. So what are some quick tips that you would give people (laughs) like, Oh, that's what Ayurveda is. I may already do that. Or like, Oh, that Mm -hmm. actually did help. I'm more interested in this for the long term now. Yeah. So, um, Spring is a tricky and fun season. So spring is Pitta Kapha because it has that Kapha energy, kind of that heaviness. I mean, today it's like rainy. There's usually rain or snow in March. Um, And it has this like heaviness to it. But there's also the new blooms coming, the stems coming up. We feel a little bit of internal fire to kind of like get going and get moving and start doing stuff. Um, So a really easy one that our culture already does is spring cleaning. So like literally cleaning your space, rearranging, shifting the energy of it, moving things around. Like that's going to be a really easy way to balance with the season because that's like Mm. what the natural world is doing when you look out the window. It's like changing its scenery. (laughs) It's like growing its new stuff. Um, So that's a super simple one. Also for spring, kind of like along with the spring cleaning, it's like cleansing your inner body too. So like Lex was saying, we have some excess kapha, some like heaviness in our body from winter because we probably ate a little heavy, which is totally fine. Um, And we need to give our body some outlets and some ways to release that excess kapha so that it doesn't do it kind of without our permission, if that makes sense. So if you're a person who experiences a lot of like – flu-like symptoms or sickness in the spring or just like that like head cold that comes or allergies that's your body getting rid of that excess kapha on its own which looks like you know we said kapha is earth and water right it's mud it looks like snot (laughs) you know it looks like eyes watering (laughs) it looks like you know these natural things that we usually experience in spring but you don't have to experience that in spring if you give your body an outlet to get rid of that extra kapha So ways you can do that are a really simple detox. So, you know, one night a week, skipping dinner and just having like a bone broth, a soup or a tea to give your body a little bit of time to work through the digestive system and get rid of any extra waste that might be kind of like sitting there um, fermenting, which then will look like illness later down the road. Um, Other ways to do that are just to eat cleaner foods. Um, so easy to digest foods. My favorite is a uh, kitchari, which is an Ayurvedic food of just lentils and rice and particular spices, maybe some ghee or some oil. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a, a hearty oatmeal, I guess is a good way to explain it. Like the texture of it. It's got a lot of protein. It's got a lot of nutrients, but it's really fast for your body to digest. So it doesn't have to mm. use a lot of energy on it. Um, And so if skipping a meal doesn't sound enticing to you, just make a few of your meals something that's really easy. So rice and lentils, super easy. Um, My last tip would be just like in an Ayurvedic routine sense, um, you know, one of the first things that I usually offer my clients is having a hot cup of water in the morning. So if you don't already do that, this is a practice that 
basically cleanses your body. I, I think of it like a holistic Drano <laughs> for people who need that visual. It kind of unclogs the pipes. So hot water is already at your internal body temperature and it takes zero energy for your body to digest because there's nothing in it. And so what it does is it just kind of like goes through, hydrates you, cleanses your stomach, cleanses your organs, and then usually makes you poop. So yes. <laughs> super easy I do it one. every morning, every day, every season. Yeah, same. That's one thing that stays consistent because your body needs time to reset. Um, and especially in this like global climate, having hot water throughout the day is not a bad idea because it just yeah. helps continue moving things through the body. Because um, yeah, when you don't do that, and especially coming out of winter, like I said, you've got a lot of like waste material or kind of undigested food stuck in your system. And that begins to ferment, and then that begins to give you some inflammation, and then it gives you sickness. So it makes yeah. you more susceptible. So these are just kind of immunity boosting practices. Yeah, like a couple things. I've been before I got introduced to Ayurveda, I just started oil pulling like eight or nine years ago, but that's an Ayurvedic mm-hmm. classic. Yeah, um, yep. And then the tongue scrape, well, the oil pulling for, I've talked about this a lot, but it's basically you just swish oil around your mouth in the morning for like, I do it for 15 minutes and you spit it out because when you brush your teeth, brushing your teeth doesn't get rid of like nearly as much of the bacteria as you would think it does. And then when you oil pull, it's actually like a dishwasher for your mouth and then you spit the germs out and the bacteria out versus swallowing it throughout the day. So that's another little tip because I think everyone's goal with like their health is like everyone wants less pain and more energy. That's like what everyone wants. Right. And, and and that actually helped me years ago. It helped me. I used to have chronic headaches and then I started oil pulling and then the headache stopped. So this shit works. It almost seems too simple to be too good to be true, but it works. Like if you, if you try it and stay consistent, right. What's Mm -hmm. some other little like tips? Cause we got, you got the oil pulling. Oh, the, the tongue scraping, right? That's another mm-hmm. like Ayurveda classic kind of, right? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. The tongue scraping is completely Ayurveda. So there's a lot of tongue scrapers out there. Like, I mean, I even use a stainless steel one, but long-term Please. effects of that is uh, it can hurt your, um, they call it bodak kapha in uh, Ayurveda, which is like your intelligent saliva. But in like Western terms, it can hurt your taste buds long-term because it's just a really harsh metal. So what they do, um, or they used to do in India is you just use a plant stem. So if you've got like thyme or mint or something like in your fridge, you can just take the leaves off of it and use the plant stem and you just graze it along your tongue first thing in the morning. And that is like one of your first indicators of what your balance is for that day. So if it's more yellowish, you've got too much pitta. If it's kind of thick and white, you've got too much kapha. And if it's kind of brownish, you've you've got too much vata. Or if your mouth is really dry in the morning, too much vata. Mm. Um, But yeah, you just, you know, scrape all that off because when you sleep, you actually like puke up a little bit throughout the night, which is super gross, but like pretty natural. (laughs) Um, And so that coating on your tongue is what's left, that residue. Um, So that residue is giving you a clear picture right into your gut, (laughs) but you also want to make sure you like get it off. So you're not, yeah, again, swallowing that all day long and just putting it back into the system that was trying to get rid of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Tongue scraping is another good one. Totally. Have any other ones that are like, just like off the cuff? I know. Yeah. Keeping, keeping, um, well, yeah, let's talk about Abiyanga a little bit in spring. Um, actually dry brush, 
dry brushing and exfoliating is gonna be a really good practice because again, getting that extra kapha off, getting yourself clean, kind of like resetting the body. I like to think of spring as like the Ayurvedic new year because it actually is when you like transition and have like a rebirth. Um, but Abhyanga is a practice of self-massage with oil. So especially right now that things feel more chaotic and out of our control, again, okay, oil is kind of viscous, right? It's going to be kind of kapha. And so we're going to put it on our body and it's going to give us this like weighted layer that helps us feel grounded and secure and stable. Um, so you massage your whole body with cold pressed oil because like Lex was saying, oil is a great way to get out the bacteria in your mouth, but also on your body. It's going to absorb through your skin into your blood system and kind of clean the body a little bit, which is great. It also like moisturizes very obviously. Um, and then it's like dedicated time that you're in quiet with just yourself, working with your body, helping promote circulation, getting all the benefits you'd get from like a massage of another person, just of yourself. And then you can start to do a little like preventative work. So if you're like, oh, my knee feels kind of achy, you can watch that because now you've noticed it because you've paid attention to it. Um, so that's Abhyanga, uh, but it's fun to switch it up in the spring with like exfoliating with um, like oat flour is a really good one. Just using that with some yogurt, like and scrubbing it on the body um, or dry brushing, um, which is just helping promote circulation, getting rid of any excess like skin particles, things like that off the body. Um, yeah, I remember last year you could, when I was working, so I worked through my whole holistic health plan, my holistic health map, Haley calls it, and mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. I've worked through that in 2019, and one of the things, yeah, I did was the orange, pe the oranges with the yeah. oatmeal and the honey, and it made a fucking mess in my shower, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was cool, yeah. No, it's a great one. Um, so what Lex is talking about is like with the oat flour, you just mix some plain like Greek yogurt and a little bit of honey. And then you can actually use a half of an orange as your scrubber because the orange has really awesome acids in it that are going to help clean the skin. Um, super simple, right out of your like fridge and pantry. <laughs> yeah, um, no. For sure. And that's what's yeah. cool about Ayurveda too, is you don't need to go out and buy a whole bunch of shit. You probably already have most of the things you need. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest like misnomers is I think um, when I first learned about Ayurveda, most of the people I learned from were like super strict about it. And so it felt really inaccessible because I was like, well, I can't make all of those changes. I don't have enough money for that. I can't buy all these special things. I live in the city. Like there's no way I can shift my whole lifestyle. Um, and then as I learned about it through Dr. Nina, it's like, no, there's so many little things that you can put in. And like what most of my clients say they've gained out of this is a new perspective, which is huge because they're able to see it. They're able to make choices that are educated and intentional about what they want to eat, what they want to do, what colors they want to wear, what smells they want around them, like how to schedule their time. Um, it is so like accessible for any person in any situation. Um, yeah. It, you know, you don't have to be like a monk in a monastery, totally secluded with only whole foods, you know, like <laughs> that's for just everybody. not going to happen. <laughs> it really is for everybody. Even, I think even people that like, I think there's this misconception that, you know, healthier foods cost more money and that holistic healthcare, preventive healthcare, like is more expensive, but 
what we could see is like half the thing, most of the things we just talked about are in your pantry, are in your closet, are like in your community. So it's not for people that have more money. If anything, it's mm-hmm. for the people like everyday people, because then that builds on your, like when you're preventing and you're taking care of yourself all year round and you're like staying in tune with yourself in the seasons, like you're not going to be spending as much money on what's the opposite of preventative, like, like, uh, emergency care and, yeah. and all the things that do actually cost a lot more money when you're going to doctors and you have co-pays and you have medicines and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. Cause like, yeah, you always have to pay for your health insurance and that's a huge expense up front, but mm-hmm. like for your long-term health, this is going to be way less expensive. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's the reason why I went into it, why I was even searching for it. Cause if we go back to my like original story, I wanted to just find a practitioner initially. Um, cause I wanted to learn this. I saw the importance of it and I was looking at people. I was like, Oh, I, I can't afford this because it's like 200 a visit. That's way too expensive for me right now. Um, and so I was like, well, I'll learn it and I'll offer kind of like the first steps with a sliding scale so that people can choose and pay what they're able to. And then like those doctors I was looking at, like they are awesome. They're worth 200 bucks a visit, but they have like years and years and years under their belt. And they like really, really know their stuff. Um, but not that I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like you do you know your stuff. I know my stuff, but I'm not like a specialist. So like if you've got um, a gastric issue that's chronic and it's impairing your everyday, I can definitely give you tips to help ease it a little bit. But like these specialists that are charging 200 for a visit, they can come up with like a week long plan that's going to like address it right, you know, on the nose. Um, So I'm more, you know, the people that would come to me are people who, uh, I mean, the words that I use about the people who come to me are that they're feeling some compromise in their life. You know, you're not living your best self and you just don't know exactly why or like what it is. You feel lethargic, you feel overworked, you feel anxious, you feel, you know, like I'm doing all the things and it seems like it's all working, but somehow I just don't feel exactly right. I know I could be feeling a lot better. Those are the people that I can really thrive with because the plan and the information I have is about learning how to balance for yourself. Yeah. So that you can feel your best. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not the doctor for somebody who has like a life threatening issue. I'm the doctor for the everyday person that like goes to their checkup and is like, why does my doctor like not know shit? You know, I go yeah. and they say the same things that I already know, like ice and elevate. Okay, cool. Or they look at my, you know, my emotional imbalance and they say it's nothing. Or they say I have to go to a psychiatrist when I'm not that extreme either. And they just feel like there's no options for them. That's how I felt. I was like, what's the point of going to the doctor when they tell me everything I already know? I want to know deeper info. I want to know how to prevent long-term effects, you know? And I was like, all right, I'll learn it myself. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's talk about like mental health for a second, because I was still working with you and I was in a really volatile mentally and mental and emotional state like a really just uncomfortable like yeah so how good is ayurveda like help with them so it's holistic and preventative it's all like your physical affects your mental which affects your Mm -hmm. physical which it's back and forth it's ping-ponging all the time but can like say someone's really having like that acute or like this emotional and mental unrest 
Mm-hmm. Does Ayurveda help with that? Like if that's something that people wanted to come to Ayurveda for and it wasn't just like, oh, I have these like stomach issues that aren't super crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And a lot of the time, um, it's funny because I see clients come from two perspectives, right? They either come to me because they're anxious or you know, experience depression and it's manageable, but they don't want to be on the medication and they don't want to feel like this every day. They know that, that that doesn't have to be the rest of their life. Right. And so they come to me so that I can help them set up their routines, their boundaries, their lifestyle, their foods that are even going to impact their mental well-being, um, so that they can ease off of the medication or they've got to support with that medication so that they can feel like their best self, not just like they're getting halfway there. So again, it's like how it works with the Western medicine, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to tell you to go off your medication, but if you start feeling better and you talk with your doctor about it, you might end up being able to, because you have these other supports that are kind of lifting you to where you need to be. Um, Or, you know, I've got the other people who come because they've got some digestive issues. They've got IBS, they've got PCOS, things like that. And then as we go through the consultation, I'm like, oh, this is stemmed from trigger warning, like a rape from their childhood that they haven't processed. And Mm -hmm. so now they're experiencing all of these imbalances, right? Where that solar plexus is, right? Where that sacral chakra is. Mm. Okay. And I might not say, oh, I've probably will say it up front, but I'll say it in a really like soft, kind way that's accessible, but I'll gear their plan to work with the emotional so that then it gets into the physical and they might not have ever, you know, thought about it. I had one person who was like, yeah, I, I I really do have a sexual trauma, but like, I haven't thought about it in years. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, (laughs) anything to like work through that? No, no, but I feel okay. And I'm like, right. Mentally might be totally fine. Like, you know, yourself, but your body has held onto that trauma and now it's experiencing and expressing itself in this way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give a real, I'll give my example. And this was huge when I started working with Haley and it was a crime. This was one of the biggest problems I was having. It was, and I think, and it was all my mental health was being affected because of it. Was it the only thing affecting my mental health? No, but for two years I had chronic, like it would flip flop between yeast infection, bacterial infection, yeast infection, and it never fucking went away. Never went away. I did all the (laughs) Yeah. I did all the rounds of the gels and the, 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 pills and then I made my own and like with um boric acid and and coconut oil and nothing worked like nothing worked and then started working with Haley and then she was giving me some Ayurvedic things it still wasn't working but then something I started focusing on my pelvic floor and how much tightness and um pain and trauma was literally like if I would bring my awareness to my pelvic floor at any point during the day I would be clenching Mm-hmm. And that, when I went, I finally found a really, really, really great gyno. And she like explained to me, like, you know, when you're clenched, like you don't think the, the, the infections are happening inside or what about like, or that are related to the muscles, but the muscles, because they're clenching are creating like this ecosystem with inside that's creating this chronic situation mm-hmm. so with Haley and then doing the pelvic floor therapy. That was what finally kicked it after like literally two years of just like, it was awful. It was so uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so that's just an example. Like, I don't even know what we were talking about before I started that, but yes, like there was a trauma. The physical and the mental together. Right. 
there was a series yeah. of traumas and I'm like, oh, I just have this chronic infection. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? But then like once I started paying more attention to what I was holding down there and clenching, I was able to like do both, like do the boric acid and do the pelvic. Like I was missing that therapy part. I was missing that release yeah. and that like trauma release from like within the muscles of like my vagina, literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the big the big part of that story is that you had traumas before that you were like, I cognitively have worked through these. Like I feel, you know, okay about them, but your body was holding on to that tension and it was creating that acidic environment, which is really pitta, which was creating the infections. And it was like this cycle that you yeah. couldn't get out of just with like herbs and medicines, right? You needed to focus on the solar plexus. You needed to work through that at the location and you needed some like um, physical therapy, like the pelvic floor massage and release to get to the infection in the end. So like, you know, it all kind of goes back to working with the Western medicine together because there's multiple ways at an issue, but it's like finding the one that's going to be accessible, finding the root cause. So Ayurveda is also really different than Western medicine and other diets and exercises because it's looking at, and it's always trying to find the root cause of the imbalance. And for each imbalance that you might be experiencing, that root cause might be a little different. But like for Lex, for example, the root cause wasn't the foods you were eating because you were eating really clean. It wasn't like your lifestyle routine because you had shifted that up and it wasn't specific. You were giving yourself space in the day. But it was this emotional unrest that was being stored in the body. So like once we found the root cause, you were able to work with it and then find the other assistants that were going to help <laughs> at the same time, which was working with that muscular layer. And then eventually it went into the hormone layer, which was the infections. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, the way that I language a lot of my like branding, for lack of a better word, is that I'm putting the puzzle pieces together and I'm creating a map. Because that's really what it is. It's like searching and discovering and being a detective a little bit about each client, finding that imbalance, and then building the roadmap that's going to like lead you to where you want to be feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how? What would you say to give people some hope and like um, motivation to do this? Because as we talk about it, it's like it's very layered, it's very nuanced, and it's like, holy shit, that's complicated. You got the muscular, you got the like the trauma, <laughs> you got the emotional. But because most people, even me, I'm like, oh, I did. I process things on a cognitive level. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right. It's manifesting. So like, what is some like? Do you ever have clients that are like, oh, this is too much? Like once they start, or do you find that most people once they start, they're in it, or like, do you see? Um, I think like, yeah, in the first few consultations, um, it's a lot of info to start with, but it's all achievable. And so it's funny because, you know, we work for six months to a year, right? And so you're never going to get overloaded with all of this at once. Like for Lex's case, we didn't like map it all out like that. That came through discovery, right? Mm -hmm. And through little, little changes and adjustments. So the way that I like to explain the process that makes people feel a little bit more settled and comfortable is that we're taking tiny steps. Like we're taking a wandering journey through a beautiful landscape and we're learning about it. And then all of a sudden we arrive, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not training to sprint and run the marathon we're like taking a walk together <laughs> and it's going to be a really nice journey so each time that we meet we're doing like one or two little 
changes. And it might even feel like, you know, like we said earlier, like too simple, how's this even gonna work? But they're all tiny steps forward on this like giant mountain that we're gonna hike together. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's never gonna be everything that we just poured out right now at once. It's gonna be like, okay, let's look at the hormonal. Oh, that's not working. Okay. Let's like dig a little deeper. You mentioned this thing happened before. How are you feeling about that? Okay. Now I want you to try these meditation techniques. Okay. Now we're discovering something from this meditation. Like let's move into um, maybe aromatherapy and see how that works with it. Okay. You can use this as a rub now. Now we're going to massage. Now we're in the muscular layer. You know, there was like a million little steps to get there and they're all very pleasurable. They're all very like calm. <laughs> so as we're coming up against these mental blocks or the social conditioning, it's going to be with care and compassion and support. It's not going to be like you're thrown into this crazy blockage that you're like, oh my God, I don't even want to see this. It, you're going to be prepared for that moment <laughs> when, yeah. when you realize it, because it's never going to be me telling you like, oh, that trauma is manifesting in this thing in this moment. It's going to be you coming to me being like, I'm experiencing like crazy tension in my knees from this Abiyanga. Like what's going on here? And I'm going to be like, all right, let's look at what emotions like are stuck in our knees and let's figure out, okay, does that ring any bells for you? Does that seem to relate to anything in your life? And then it's going to be you being like, oh, oh yeah, there's this one thing that kind of was frustrating me a lot. Let's talk about that. Um, so yeah, it's all tiny steps and it's all discovery and it's discovery together. And I think that's, you know, helpful <laughs> because yeah. like, you know, your body best, you're going to be healing your body when it comes down to it. I'm just giving you tools and I'm giving you insights to put those puzzle pieces together and to like build that map. <laughs> yeah. It's empowering. And it's like, you don't have to, I, <laughs> you don't have to put, I've said this before, you don't have to put all of your power and the people that wear the white coats that tell you what's wrong with you. Like, and then you leave and you're like, oh, they didn't fix me. It's like, because you are your own healer. There's just people out there like Kaylee that are meant to like have this knowledge and help facilitate your healing, not do it for you. No one can do anything mm -hmm. for us, but people could show us the, the map and show us the way and support us in the process. We're, uh, we all have that power. Not enough people, more people need to realize how much power they actually really do have yeah. around their health and around their healing. Even the big things like cancers and stuff, like, like I'm not gonna go into that, but like I, you know, people had said, fuck this, like I'm not listening to you, doctor. And they go into the Amazon and they do like a crazy detox and eat apricot seeds and like all, and then they're healed. Like you have that power, we all have that power. We don't have to just listen to what we've been conditioned to believe. And this is yeah. where we're going. This is like where we're going Ayurveda, and these preventative, holistic, mm -hmm. all of it. It's where we're going as people because it's where we, yeah. Need where we need to wake back up to again. And so much of it is the mental. Like if I really look at my clients and it really comes down to it, I can give you like the cleanest food plan that's totally catered to your dosha type and the routine that's going to be spot on and all this stuff. But like if your mental isn't there, it's not going to feel any different. It's going to feel like the same shit, you know, <laughs> like that's why I combine it with the stress reduction techniques and these like gateways into discovering your own agency for your mental and your mindset. Um, I'm not a mindset doctor, but like all of these things work together, you know, and it's, it's really imperative that you're like open to discovering really, and you're open to change and you're open to listening to yourself 
Um, and it's interesting because in like the other avenues that I work, like my other job lives, <laughs> job lives, <laughs> um, I teach mindfulness and meditation to teens. And I feel really passionate about it because the class is paired with cultural development and it's paired with um, systems thinking, which is really just allowing the teens to start like poking and prodding and feeling like agents in themselves, using mindfulness to kind of take a step back and listen. And then like they're going to create the whole new world that we live in with their creativity and with their agency. But it's a mindset thing too. Like if they feel like they're limited and they feel like they can't, they're not going to. But if they have that moment and that pathway and that door that opens, they're going to like run towards it. The same with your personal healing journey. If I'm able to open that door for you, that gives you permission to be an agent of your own healing and to look at your mindset and to look at your thinking, you're going to take leaps and bounds and it's going to be awesome. And then all of these other things help facilitate that and help set you up for success. So like the food, the diet, the lifestyle, the five senses healing, all of these like tools are going to be like assistance yeah. to your own journey and your own message that you're like meant to bring out. Yeah. I could speak to that mindset part <laughs> because sometimes I'll look at my life and I'm like, I don't drink. I eat really clean. I have a great partner. I have a bit like I have it like, but how do I feel? Well, I'm still downing myself and have low self-esteem and mm -hmm. don't feel and have it like a negative outlook in these areas. It's like, it's, it all does like there's people that are eat like at like shit that drink a lot that eat like pizza and but they're the happiest people on earth and they're actually help like this is not a blanket statement but you'll see it you're like wait you eat how like are you shit. so healthy yeah how are you so healthy because they're so fucking happy like really that's yeah. what it is it's like if you can like figure out the happiness thing like that's number one, like hundred percent. Yeah. If you can do the mindset first, you're working backwards and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But some people like myself, like we got to clean the other stuff up and, and you work on the mindset at the same time. And then really yeah. once it's so interesting because once all that other shit's excavated and listen, I don't have the many physical ailment. Like I'm not in the place I was, I'm real good. And that's mm -hmm. like, it's me and my mind only now. Like, it's mm -hmm. like, that's my thing. That's where I'm at in my process breaking through that barrier so yeah yeah that's, so that's usually where people get to and then they're like oh my god the mind is the life journey the multiple lives journey <laughs> like learning oh uh, <laughs> yeah food stuff that's the easy part <laughs> yeah the light yeah and like the aromatherapy and like the color and the cleaning and the exfoliating that's the easy shit <laughs> yeah yeah but if you just do it but yeah 100 percent Mm -hmm. Ah, cool. cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to offer or mention? Um, yeah. So in this crazy pandemic time, um, I'm offering a few different things to kind of assist with that. Cause I, I know right now a six month or a year long commitment can like, you're thinking about next month. You're not thinking about like a year from now, <laughs> which is yeah. okay. Um, so I'm offering a free kind of Q and a, if you just want to learn more about Ayurveda, if you want to figure out what your imbalance is, I'll give you a few tips around like your specific imbalance that we can kind of uncode through a conversation. Um, I'm also offering like a one-off seasonal consultation. I don't really do these because like we talked about Ayurveda is not a quick fix, mm -hmm. but if you want a peek into like the Ayurvedic lens of this pandemic with spring, with our like collective mindset, and you want some tips that are for 
spring in particular and for like COVID in particular, um, I'm offering those as kind of a one-off, kind of as like a step stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm actually waiving the initial consultation fee right now. If you want to commit to a six-month or a year-long journey, which I highly, highly recommend, um, usually the initial consultation is a little bit more expensive because I put a little bit more work into it. I build your full holistic map from that. Um, but I'm going to waive that fee right now. So I'm just going to do my base sliding scale, which is 40 to 60 um, for the initial consultation as well. Um, so those are kind of my... Scale. Yeah, it's it's really a steal. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but I feel like it's important to offer these tools and this information right now. Um, and I want it to be accessible, especially if you're in a fear mindset right now. This preventative and proactive care is so, so important that I don't want like the money limitations to be the reason why you didn't go for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, free Q&A. Yeah seasonal consultation or start your journey without the initial consultation fee. Yeah. I highly, highly, highly recommend if like, no matter who you are, like this is so important and it's so worth it. And I like, it really has helped me so much. And I see how, I see how it helps other people. So I would take advantage of this. And there's like Haley said, there are people out there that are really good too, that are more on the $200 side. So this is actually like really accessible, which is really awesome that Haley's approaching it that way. So yeah. Thank you, Haley. Thanks, cool. Healing, Thanks Haley. Thanks for yeah. having me here. And um, if people want to follow you, you're on the gram, where, where can they find you? How, how do they find you? Yeah. So healing Haley is everything. Haley is H A Y L E E. So healing Haley on Instagram, on Facebook, healinghaley.com for my website. It's all the same. So yeah. pretty easy. <laughs> Healing Haley at Gmail. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. All right, Haley, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Lex. You're welcome. And thanks for being with us. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> this episode on I actually haven't named it yet. I usually name it before I start it, but all about Ayurveda and holistic and preventative care. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the Epic as Fuck podcast, y'all. Thank you. Bye.